0: Your king. verse was going to give me a hard time. Let's do verse number three. Truly he told
1: Lord, we do thank you for the Savior. We thank you so much that we can meet again in your house. We thank you for the good day we've already had. We thank you for answers to prayer. And Lord, just continue to meet with us this evening. Be with the message, be with the messenger, and uh, we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Tchau Please take your seats.
1: All righty, we're going to be in Mark chapter number 15. And um, we're going to talk about the most important question in life. Life's most important question. You know, there are 14 punctuation marks in the English language. And they could save your life. And uh, we'll see what I mean in a minute once we get the PowerPoint up. We gotta, I, I have a couple. We're going to talk about big questions, specifically the most important question in life. And these next few slides are going to show us specifically how punctuation marks could save your life. Slide number one, look before you throw workers below. (laughs) Punctuation matters. Your dinner versus your dinner. One leaves you nourished, the other leaves you dead. Correct grammar saves lives. Last one, I like cooking, my family, and my pets. <laughs> Use a comma, don't be a psycho. <laughs> specifically, when we're talking about punctuation, there's, there's um, three specifically that we're going to talk about called terminal punctuation. Terminal punctuation are... The exclamation point, the period, and the question mark. And I find it interesting, sometimes I think Spanish speakers are smarter than English speakers because in the Spanish language, the, the uh, question mark and the exclamation point are upside down when it starts that sentence. Have you ever been reading a sentence and then all of a sudden it ends in a question? I think sometimes if we had that at the beginning, it would be a lot more helpful. But periods, question marks, and exclamation points all mean something. If you have an iPhone, you can ask Suri specific questions. Okay, we'll try it tonight. Hey, Suri. Mm -hmm. Why are fire trucks red? Well, it really makes the Dalmatian spot stand out. Let's try it again. Hey Suri, why are fire trucks red? Nope. Hey Suri, what is zero divided by zero? Somebody's Bluetooth is on. Imagine that you have zero cookies, and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies, and your friends are sad because they don't exist. Oh, wow, that escalated quickly. What is the meaning of life? It's nothing Nietzsche couldn't teach you. <laughs> the Bible contains many questions. The first question in the Bible is, Yea, hath God said? And the second question in the Bible, the question that God asks man, Where are you? Adam, where art thou? You know, the first question in the New Testament is one that that man is seeking after God. It was from the wise men in Matthew chapter 2. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? There are many important questions in the Bible. Uh, Job said, if a man dies... Shall he live again? Jesus asks, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The Apostle Paul asks, if God before us, who can be against us? Even the writer of Hebrews tells us, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Questions are important. Of all the questions in the Bible, I believe that the one we're going to talk about tonight is the most important question ever asked, ever. It is a question that all of us must ask individually and specifically, personally. It's not we. It is a I question. Mark chapter 15, verse number 1. And straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou king of the Jews? And he answered, and he answering said unto him, Thou sayest it. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee. But Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at that feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. The multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever uh, done unto them. But Pilate answered and said, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy, but the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release barabbas unto them and pilate answered and said unto them what will ye then that i should do with unto him whom ye call the king of the jews and they cried out again crucify him pilate said unto them why what evil hath he done And they cried out more exceedingly, crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus. And when he had scourged him to be crucified, and the soldiers led him away into the hall called the Praetorium, And they called together the whole band, and they clothed him with purple, and plaited a a crown of thorns, and put it about his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him on the head with a reed, and did spit upon him, and bowing their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him, and put his own clothes on him and let him out to crucify him. Did you notice in verse number 20, what will ye then that I should do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? What will you do with Jesus? In Matthew 27, verse 22, it says, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they said, Let him be crucified. And I I believe that that's life's most important question. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with the one called Christ? What will you do with Jesus? And tonight we're going to answer that question and it is a uh, a matter of fact that every person, ever born and whoever lived, must answer that question: What will you do with Jesus? The answer to that question will determine whether you go to heaven or hell. The answer to that question is, is will determine whether God said says, "Well done, thou faithful servant." The answer to that question is so important and imperative. But we're going to see five responses from people tonight and what they did with Jesus. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, speak to us according to your word. And God, we pray that you would move in our hearts and help us to to answer this question within ourselves. Father, help us understand that even as Christ was going to the cross, help us to remember why he went to seek and save that which was lost. We thank you for those who have come out tonight. Bless them for their faithfulness. And bless us tonight in Christ's name. Amen. It is a personal question. It is not what, what, what will we do with Jesus but what will I do with Jesus? Because everyone must answer that question alone. They will stand before God alone. <clears throat> it is not up to, to me to answer for you or for you to answer to, for my sins. Last week we talked about failing and... and uh, let me just remind you that life is full of choices isn't it I can remember growing up we did not have cable growing up and uh, we only had a couple channels CBS ABC PBS that's all I can remember and maybe some are you some of you are old enough to remember you were the remote you had to run back and forth (laughs) and you had one of those big TVs on the floor some of you may even remember ice cream used to be only three flavors chocolate vanilla and strawberry you know now you, you they have weird flavors of ice cream like lavender pumpkin chunky monkey all different kinds, but bacon, life is full of choices. And the good news is, God gives us choices too. But a lot of times in life, we, we make these choices like, who am I going to marry? Of course, I don't have that choice anymore. What will my job be? What will my career be? What kind of car am I going to drive? Right? We have all these choices. Where will I go to college? What's my career going to be? The biggest choice that anyone can ever make is what will you do with Jesus? That's the biggest choice anyone can ever make. And that's the point. That's that's the whole point. What what was Pilate going to do with Jesus because I believe Pilate recognized that Jesus was an innocent man. And yet he had to die. The good news is God gives us a choice. And if it didn't have so much of a bad connotation, I believe that God would be pro-choice, but not when it comes to abortion. So we see in God's word, in Deuteronomy 30, God gives his people a choice. Moses is leading the second generation into the promised land. And what does he do? He gives them a choice. If you serve me, you will live. If you don't, you're going to be cursed. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. We have it on, on our right. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a choice. Elijah on Mount Carmel. When he throw down, throws down the gauntlet, what does he say? Why halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. And if Baal be God, serve him. God always gives us a choice. You don't want to serve God? That's your choice. It's not my job to make you serve God. It's not anyone's job to make us serve God. What shall we do with Jesus? You know, the first person I see here in the text is Pilate. You know what he did? Pilate rejected Jesus. He chose to reject Jesus. And a lot of people today choose to reject Jesus. Pilate interviewed Jesus, and the Bible says, and and so Pilate was willing to content the people and release Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. So here's Pilate. The, the, The guy who was in charge. And, and Pilate chose to reject Jesus. Why? Because it was convenient for him. Because he would rather have people's opinion. Oh, and, you know, the correlation is there are so many people who would rather have favor with man than favor with God. There are people in our culture who seem to be interested in Jesus. And what, what do we call them? Spiritual. I, I, I'm not religious, but I am a spiritual person. Right? How often do we hear that nowadays? I'm not religious, but could I just give you a hint? That's rejecting Jesus. That's, Jesus said, emphatically, I am the way. The truth, and the life. Period. Punctuation matters. No man comes to the Father but by me. In John 10, he talks about he is the door. If any man come in, he will... If any man find me, he will come in and find... (coughs) Go in and out and find pasture. Pasture. And there are people who seem to be interested in Jesus, fascinated by his claims. And yet, it is not politically correct to say that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And sometimes it makes us uncomfortable to say that. But it is the truth. And no matter what happens, with the election, with the pandemic, with anything else going on, Jesus is in, God's in control. And we must never doubt that. And if we believe that there are no coincidences in life, we must believe that he is in, his providential hand is guiding everything that's going on in this world even as we speak, we must believe it or never say it again. You must choose, you can choose to reject Jesus. Number two, the second person I see is Herod. This was the son of Herod the Great. When Pilate learned that Jesus was from Galilee, what does he do? He sends him to Herod. And Herod wanted to, to talk to Jesus. Can you imagine being the governor of Galilee and always in? I have heard about Jesus before. I had heard all the miracles he had done before. Herod Antipas was the governor of Galilee. This was the same Herod Antipas who beheaded John the Baptist. And the Bible says in Luke 23, verse 8, And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he had hoped to have seen some miracles done by him. Imagine Jesus standing before Herod. Do some miracles. As if Jesus was a magician. And there are some people who just admire Jesus. And you can choose to, to be an admirer of Jesus. <clears throat> Herod asked Jesus many questions, but Jesus stood there silently. And this frustrated Herod. So he started mocking Jesus. He put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. And Herod represents all those people who simply admire Jesus. Who say he was a great moral teacher like Socrates or Confucius. The... Oxford professor Richard Richard Dawkins Dawkins is a spokesperson for atheism. He wrote a book called The God Delusion. And in, in a newspaper interview interview, he said that Jesus was a great moral teacher, but he went on to say that Jesus was such a great Radical thinker that if he were alive today, he would be an atheist. Consider the claims of Jesus. And, and think with me, because it's impossible just to admire him as a great moral teacher without accepting him as Lord. Consider. Consider. He claimed to, be, to have existed before Abraham. He claimed to be one with God. He claimed to have authority to forgive sins. Another great Oxford teacher and professor who was once an agnostic said this. You must make your choice either this man was and is the son of god or else a madman or something worse you can uh, you can shut him up for a fool you can spit at him you can kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him lord and god but let you not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher he has none he has not left that open for us to us. He did not intend to. C.S. Lewis. Or you could be like the mob. And you may choose to replace him. Pilate was still trying to figure out how to try to release Jesus and there was a a custom to release a, a prisoner at Passover so, so Pilate suggested that a prisoner be released and you would think that the Pharisees and the priests you would think that they would have released Jesus, but instead, someone who was an insurrectionist and a murderer they released. Today, millions choose a replacement for Jesus. Millions of people all around the world, Muslims, have replaced Jesus with Mohammed. They say he is a good prophet, but he is not the greatest prophet. Buddhists and adherents to the Hindu religion have respect for Jesus, but it is not their the highest source of truth. They replace him. And even in our own culture, we can think of people who replace Jesus with things that they love. Do you know what Herod really did when he rejected Jesus? He valued his career more than he valued Jesus. Even non-religious people have replaced Christ. Many atheists replaced Christ with human reason and, and philosophy and many Greedy American consumers have replaced Jesus with the, the almighty dollar. Money is not the root of all evil. No, the love of money is. If Jesus isn't one, number one in your life, you have replaced him with something or some, someone else. And we could say, no, no, I love Jesus. But here again we come to that old saying, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And you can say thing, one thing and live a different thing. Don't tell me, show me. Number four, the soldiers, you may choose to mock him. I would never mock Jesus. No, no, I would never do that. The Bible says they stripped him, put on him a scarlet robe, and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they spit on him, took the reed and smote it on his head. You know, I, in our Western culture and, well, even back then, I, I don't know how many people would have taken that without fighting back. It's human nature to try to get revenge on someone that wrongs you. And yet Jesus just took it. Even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As we remember Christmas, this time of year, it even reminds us of Christ's death, Christ's mass, Christ's death. For he was born to die. The soldiers mocked him. They... Christians and Christianity all around the world is being mocked. There has been a rise of, of mockery of our faith. And a lot of it has to do with the culture and society that we live in. A few years ago, there was a Saturday Night Live skit that made fun of God's Not Dead. They made a mockery of it and there's a, a show on TV land called M, M Pastor" about a man who takes the identity of a gay pastor and robs people and they're, what they're doing is they're just making Christianity a mockery. They're making a mockery of Christianity. And we don't see people doing this about Muslims. And we don't see them doing it about anybody else. But it's okay. They can do it with Christians because we'll take it lying over. And we can choose to mock Jesus. A lot of times by not speaking up. It's easier not to say anything somebody's making fun of. And nobody's talking about the Christians around the world that are getting persecuted. Nobody's talking about that. I mean, it was talked about this morning, but I'm sure it's a lot more prevalent in Africa with uh, the rise of Boko Haram and we'll see what happens with the president. But, but um, God's in control. That's all I'm saying. And we may choose to mock Jesus. It may be the popular, popular thing to do. But, I, you know, there was an article last week about two congressmen, two Democratic congressmen, That say the breeding ground for white supremacy are fundamental churches. So we have to start going after them. And you want to see persecution? It's coming real quick. It's coming real quick. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying. I'm just saying... Let's not be so naive as to think, if they did this to Jesus, what makes, the, what makes you think they won't do it to us? <clears throat> we can choose all these things. We can choose to, to mock him. We can choose to reject him, replace him. Or... You can choose to crown him. And really, this is not five different options. This is two different options. The most important question that you'll ever answer in your life, what will I do with Jesus? You have to answer that question. If you say, I won't answer it, I... I won't do anything with Jesus. That's doing something with Jesus. Basically, all the responses fall into two categories. Rejecting Jesus or receiving Jesus. Crucifying Jesus or crowning Jesus as Lord. Turning your back on him or trusting him. Have you chosen to do that you know God made a choice about you about what to do with his son and it's the choice we should make Philippians 2 verse 9 through 11 wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above which is above every name That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Some are bowing down and praying to the statue of Buddha. Some are bowing down in Mecca, praying to the prophet Muhammad. But the Bible says, God hath exalted Jesus. And Jesus alone is worthy of praise. We sing the songs this time of year, right? Away in a manger. We sing them all. But they all have to do with one central theme. Praising Jesus. As a matter of fact, everything we do should be consumed and overwhelmed. and, And everything we do should be about that one thing praising jesus and crowning jesus lord and people should know people should know our testimony hey that guy's a christian hey there's something different about that woman there's something different about that young person there's something different about them and why why because they trust jesus above everything else they trust jesus they crown him lord and and shouldn't it be that christians are the most the the most praying and trusting god especially now during a pandemic during a time where <gasps> who's the president who's going to be the next president guess what my hope and trust does not fall on president trump it does not Or President-elect Biden. My hope and trust is in Jesus Christ alone. And it has to be. And now should be the time where we're we're rising up as Christians and saying, Look, vote for Jesus. Trust Jesus. He's the only hope. Do you know if there's ever a time to preach the gospel, it's, you could die. COVID-19 is serious. It's People are dying from it. We're on the brink of war with China and civil war. Do you know what you will do with Jesus? Back to punctuation marks. There's some important questions that need to be answered, but God always provides the answer. Acts 16, the Philippian jailer said, What must I do to be saved? And what did Paul say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Period. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Period. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Period. And I believe that there are many statements in the Word of God that that, that... deserve strong emotion like exclamation points. I believe when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he didn't say, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. But he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I believe that Mary, when she was running back from the tomb, She didn't say, I have seen the Lord. I think she said, I have seen the Lord! Don't ever put a question mark where God puts a period. As Christians, we should be exclamation points of the Bible. Jesus is alive. Jesus is Lord. My sins are forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. One day the question, what will I do with Jesus, will have an eternal impact on your life. In 1905, there was a Canadian pastor who wrote a song about Jesus standing before Pilate. The words are powerful. Jesus is standing in Pilate, Pilate's hall, friendless, forsaken, betrayed by all. Hearken what meaneth the sudden call? What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Neutral you cannot be. Some day your heart will be asking, What will he do? with me. What's the answer to life's most important question? I cannot answer it for you. I cannot choose what you do with Jesus. But hopefully this this most important question in life has been answered and hopefully Jesus is lord of your life. And hopefully you can live your life as an exclamation point and not as a question mark. I'm a Christian? Hopefully you say, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Let's stand. Father... Again, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy towards us. And God, help us to live lives of, of ex, explan, <coughs> an explanation, exclaiming you as Lord. We thank you for your grace, your mercy towards us. And Father, continue to use us for your honor and glory. Protect us in Christ's name. Amen. As the music begins to play, if God has spoken our heart. The altar is open. Hopefully, you can hear.